Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Last October, on my Drive Time programme, I met with uh, people who were embarking on the Big Black Country iTree Eco Project. A bit of a mouthful, but a very worthwhile project. Well, the project has now been completed and the results of the research have been released. What did they discover about the makeup of the trees in the Black Country and what will happen with those results and what will they learn from it? Well, with me in the studio tonight are Emma Ford from the Black Country Consortium and Ian McDermott making a welcome return to the programme from the Birmingham Tree People. Good evening, both. Good evening, Clive. Thank you for having us again. Lovely Hello. to see you. Lovely to meet you, Emma, as well. Thank you for your time. Well, first of all, Emma, tell me about your organisation, uh, the Black Country Consortium. Yep. So the Black Country Consortium is an economic development, intelligence and strategic team. And we work with partners in the Black Country and the West Midlands. And we also work with private and um, public sectors as well to steer the support and delivery of the Black Country strategy on growth. And to do that, we provide strategic support, advice and intelligence to inform and support better decision making. Now, you're talking about growth. Is that economic growth? Yes. Okay, get you. And Ian, the Birmingham Tree people, well, I suppose that, you know, there's a clue in the name there, but can you expand on that for me? Certainly, yeah. Birmingham Tree people are the city's tree warden service. Uh, It's about six or seven years old now. It's the UK's largest urban tree warden network, both geographically and in numbers, and we provide a support service to the urban forestry managers in the city, and we were part of the um, winning tender to deliver the uh, iTree survey for the consortium. So what was the Black Country iTree Eco Project, and what was included in the research? Do you want to take that one, Emma? Okay, so... We realise that there's a lack of data and information about the value of urban green infrastructure in the black country and we wanted to rectify that on a local level. So we commissioned a study that would look at all the trees across the black country and identify how many trees there are, the condition that they're in and the species diversity. And the study also looked at the benefits that these trees are providing not only to the people who live and work in the black country but also to the environment so in order to do that we commissioned a team of arborists and volunteers to take tree measurement some uh, data across 1000 plots in the black country Gosh. and i'll pass over to mac because he'll have the detail about all of this yeah, it's um, yeah. I was the uh, field manager for this project, you know, which is um, it's quite it's quite a quite a challenge. So we had a team of um, professional surveyors and also a, a large cohort from the Birmingham Tree People volunteers. So we trained those up in order to capture the data. And as Emma said, there were a thousand twenty-two meter plots randomly scattered across the whole of the Black Country that we have to go out and survey. Some will be on a roof, some will be in a car park, and some will be in the middle of a wood. So they were uh, quite diverse by their nature. And then from that, we bring out the science data to support the report. And what have you learned from the results? A substantial amount. (laughs) The report is um, is dozens and dozens of pages long. Is it it positive or is it a damning report? Oh, no, it's very positive. It's very science-driven, very data-driven. Quite a few surprises came out of it. Such as? For me, Mm. uh, I think canopy cover was the one that surprised me. 
Um, so we had. Now that's what I would call the overhang of the tree. Is that right? I understand. Yeah, how much you. of the ground is covered from space by trees? You know, so it's based on a percentage. So the canopy cover percentages, the higher the better. The government reckon, recommend we should all have 20% in the urban areas. So we had what I expected Warsaw would be the highest and sand were the lowest, and I was completely wrong. Um, so the figures that came out were actually quite uh, quite opposite to what we expected. So Warsaw, out of the four boroughs, ended up with the lowest canopy, uh, and Sandwell did quite well, really. No one ever has, has yet reached the government recommendations, so we're all well short, so there's an awful lot of planting still to be done. Emma, what will be done with this data, and what will it be used for? So we can plan for future investment in green spaces as now we've got the evidence base with which to mitigate for development, so homes and businesses, and also to um, plan for an increase in trees as well as we know what the baseline is. So therefore we can measure our progress over time. Um, and in order to do that, we could potentially do another I tree survey in the future um, and then that will show us the difference from the current baseline which is when the study was completed last year and the information and knowledge that we've collected from this study will lead to better decision making because now we've got an enhanced evidence base about the urban forest and the tree cover and also where there's a deficit of access so as, and again, as I mentioned, it'll help us to, to monitor progress over time as well. And it will lead to stronger policy um, within the Black Country authorities. And of course, I mean, for people who are unaware, trees take all the CO2, all the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, don't they? But also there is a, a multitude of wildlife that lives in trees, either in the bark or, or, you know, in the trunk part or even, you know, in the canopy as well. So they are they are important. Mm. Yeah, there's a range of benefits that trees provide. And we have got some stats um, about this. So, for example, we know that there's 15.4% canopy cover and that is providing 20 mine, tw sorry, £29 million pounds of annual benefits to the Black Country. And this comes in at a £23.2 billion pounds amenity value to the area. So that's all the benefits that these trees are providing. And if we were to somehow lose the population of trees that we've got at the moment, in order to replace them, it would cost £1.7 billion. Pounds. Ouch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mac, you were going to say something there. No, I was just going to confirm that. It's the, um, uh, the figures Emma gave was from the um, CAVAT, which is the Capital Asset Valuation for Amenity Trees, which is based on insurance. So it's um, when, when you drive your Jaguar into a lamppost... Um, which I'm sure you would never do, Clive, but then you insurance company offer you a bike in exchange. We don't consider that fair exchange. So we have uh, this system where we value like for like. So if it's a large tree, it will be very expensive to replace if you, you, know, you simply couldn't replace it. No. So we extrapolate the data up, uh, and we've come up, obviously, with that figure that Emma's quoted of uh, billions of pounds of asset value. I mean, what happens where, you know, businesses want trees removed um, because they, you know, they want to build or, or developers and things? How, how does that work? Are you asking me as an ex-tree officer or as part of this study? It's, um, uh, In what, whatever hat yeah, you whatever want to hat. wear. We would always try to resist it, but obviously the resistance comes from the local authority planning departments or the tree officers, the council, uh, as we would know them. Uh, what 
the study hopes to aim to do is to give evidence to the decision makers to say there's another side to the equation. Uh, what happened, and particularly Sheffield, was a good example. Um, there was no value given to the tree, and the other side of the equation was it's doing this amount of damage, it's broken the curb, it's damaged the wall, it's blocking the street light. And if the tree has no value, the equation doesn't balance out, so we remove the tree, everything's fine. What this does is gives a value to the tree on a number of levels to square that equation up. So, okay, we've got 20 quid's worth of curb to repair, and the tree's worth £15,000. It makes sense then. We can defend the trees and help the officers support the decision to say no. Saying no in local authority world is an extremely difficult thing. I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. But I mean, you know, where I live, they, they do a lot of coppicing. And uh, there was a bit of a to-do some years ago because people were not understanding why, why they were coppicing. And, you know, they thought they were just cutting the trees down. So, what, you know, why do we do that? What's the benefit? Because you see sometimes people, you know, arboretal teams chopping trees down and then people take to their, their keyboards and start messaging the council or whoever that may be, saying, oh, this is disgusting. But it's done for a scientific reason, isn't it? Happy for me to, yeah. It's, um, well, tree management comes in different shapes and forms. Woodland and forestry um, tends not to be quite so common in the urban environment. We do have woodlands, but they're very rarely felled for timber purposes. Coppicing is a timber renewal process, so we'll coppice it on 5, 10, 15, 25-year rotation in order to produce a crop. We tend not to use much coppice materials anymore, but it's still done because it's a wildlife enhancement technique as well. Uh, the dormouse almost went into extinction a few years ago because hazel coppicing had ceased to, uh, ceased to happen, so they reintroduced hazel coppicing in the areas and the dormouse came back. So these kind of stories are, are, are abound. Uh, right, OK, I understand. I mean, it says in the report that large trees deliver more benefits, and I think, Emma, you, you've mentioned that, that, than the smaller ones, and might make people think twice when caring for their own trees. That's important to educate people about that, though, isn't it? How is that done, Emma? Well, we have worked quite closely with partners such as the Woodland Trust and they have loads of educational um, materials online about the benefits of trees and they're, they're a real big advocate for trees, hence the name the Woodland Trust. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, our uh, partners that we've worked closely with do these um, you know, educational campaigns and in schools and places like that to educate the public. And also, I have to say, you know, opportunities like this speaking on the radio about the benefits of black country trees is a form of education in itself so i hope listeners are tuning in and you know understanding the message that we're trying to put across that we should be valuing these these green assets as much as possible should we be planting more trees in the black country yes absolutely because there seems to be a deficit from what you've said from the research so you know what can people do well as i mentioned a, a partner the Woodland Trust, they provide tree packs to people free of charge. So they provide these to schools and individuals, um, businesses and and community groups. So they would provide these tree packs and you can plant them in your local area, um, maybe getting permission from the council if needed first. Uh, you can also just, you know, buy trees from tree nurseries and garden <coughs> centres and, and plant trees yourselves that way. And then there are big plans across the, the black country in the West Midlands to be planting more trees as well. Mm -hmm. So with um, 
projects such as the Commonwealth Games and the Tiny Forest Initiative that came out of the um, Birmingham 22, there has been an increase in tree planting over the, the past few months and there will be a, an increase in the, the next few months as well. Mac, I'm after a bit of advice now. What did you discover about lime trees and when they release sap onto cars? Because it happens to all of us. It hasn't happened to me of, you know, in more recent times, but it has in the past. It's a right pain. A couple of things. Within the study, lime trees are 2.3% of the population of trees, but they also stored more carbon than any other species of trees within the study. Oh, that was my next question. I was <coughs> going to say, which is the most efficient? So it's the lime trees. Well, it? no, it's because of the size of the trees. Now, most of the lime trees occur in our highways, so hence the question about sap on cars, because most of the, the majority of trees along the highway are either plain or lime. It isn't sap. It's sap does not drip out of the trees onto the cars. It's, it's honeydew, which is the excretia from aphids, so it's aphid poop. Right. And so we can't control aphids. Uh, and aphids are something that are predated by ladybirds and other lacewings, uh, hoverflies, so they're quite essential to the ecosystem. Hot days, they produce more honeydew because they're functioning faster. They suck uh, out of the leaves, produce the poo. The poo is very sticky, drops on your car, and then everybody wants the tree cut down. And what you need to do is just stop killing the ants. So, sorry, start killing the ants. The ants farm the aphids uh, and keep away all the predators that eat the aphids. So if you can get rid of the ants... The ecosystem should restore itself. Good luck on that one. Good luck on that <laughs> one, <yeah. laughs> One thing I do want to explore with you is the, tea, the tree planting opportunity map. Mm. Tell me about that, Emma. Yeah, so we developed this map because we understood that in the black country it's a really dense urban area and land is in short supply. So this can often mean that there's, you know a lack of land to plant tree on, trees on, essentially. So we wanted to identify the best places for tree planting where they would bring about the most benefits. And to do this, we combined various socioeconomic and environmental data sets to create a tree planting opportunity map. And that identified areas suffering from things like urban stress, deprivation, lack of access to green space. And we also looked at climate change indicators as well. So looking at the effects of surface water flooding and where tree planting can reduce the impacts of climate change on the local population. And so by combining all these data sets, we've created this map and it's identified the hotspots of opportunity. And we hope that this map will be used by local authority partners and other people in the West Midlands and the Black Country as an evidence base to, um, for their bids to get trees on the ground. And, yeah, it's basically an intelligence-driven map. And can you identify any key areas in the black country? Yes. Essentially, the more urban, the more in need. So city centres, you know, um, high-dense areas where there is a lack of green space. So, for example, Wolverhampton City Centre in particular came out as, as in need of, of green infrastructure, such as trees. Where can we find out more information then, please? On our website, mm -hmm. uh, so Black Country Consortium, and we have created a bespoke webpage where we have all the information from this project, and that's easily available to download, and you can find the map there as well. Okay, and Ian, uh, what's your, um, your website address as well? 
the Birmingham Tree People one. So if you just Google Birmingham Tree People, there's only there's only one, and it's um, www.birminghamtreepeople.co.uk, and you can find an awful lot of tree information on that site. Um, it, it is Birmingham specific, uh, and hopefully we'll be running a, an eye tree study across Birmingham and the rest of the West Midlands shortly if we're lucky enough to win that tender. So we may be back here talking about the other half of the West Midlands soon. That will be lovely. Yeah. Emma Ford from the Black Country Consortium and Ian McDermott from the Birmingham Tree People, thank you both very much for talking to Friday Night Clive. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 7pm. If you love our podcast, then please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne, produced by Andy Caddick.